stress. It can be toxic. It affects our mood. It affects our health. And we all have it. But what about the children in our care? We know they have stress too, but do they also have the skills to cope with it? Do they have the words to express how they feel? And do they have the resilience to overcome it? We'll talk about this and much more on today's episode of SE Elementary, brought to you by Frameworks of Tampa Bay. Hello, I'm your host, James Lucas, and thank you for joining us on our second episode of SE Elementary. This podcast is brought to you by Frameworks of Tampa Bay, a nonprofit organization that empowers educators, youth services professionals, and families with training, coaching, and research-based resources to equip youth with social and emotional skills. Before we jump in, it's worth talking a bit about this podcast and some of our goals associated with it. This podcast, of course, focuses on social and emotional learning, specifically social and emotional learning geared for teachers as they work to integrate these skills and practices into their classrooms. Now, many of you are very familiar with what SEL is, but for those of you that aren't, social and emotional learning, SEL, is the process through which children and adults acquire and effectively apply the knowledge, attitudes, and skills necessary to understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. This is a great definition, and this is from the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, or CASEL, I, however, like to explain it in a slightly different way. Imagine, if you will, that you're teaching young children to swim. You take them to the pool, you drop them in the water, and then several things can happen from there. For some kids, they pick it up right away, and before you know it, they're zooming back and forth across the pool. For other kids, like me, for example, um, it's not that easy. They struggle, they don't take off right away, and need some extra help as they learn to figure out how their bodies should move in the water. This is exactly what we're doing with SEL. For too long, we have kind of just assumed that kids will figure out social skills, coping skills, resiliency skills on their own. It's really been sink or swim. However, we know that we have to teach kids these skills. We have to teach them how to self-regulate. We have to teach them how to navigate conflict. And we have to give them the skills and tools they need to be resilient. We put a lot of assumptions on our students without giving them the skills they need to be successful. So we want to get to a point where we teach SEL skills like we would any other subject. When I was teaching in the classroom, I remember getting frustrated because I would explain something many times and kids still wouldn't get it or there would still be behavior issues. As I began picking up bits and pieces of SEL, however, I realized that I had a lot of expectations, like use gentle hands. But did I take the time to talk about what that looks like and when to use gentle hands? When I noticed kids not using gentle hands, did I reinforce the expectations by saying, 
Next time, when you're playing with your friends, it's important we use our gentle hands so that you're safe and your friends are safe. No, I just assumed. I mean, you're almost six. Get with the program. And as ridiculous as that sounds, that's kind of our thinking. In fact, think for a second about any subject you might teach. Let's say it's reading and we're practicing sight words and you have one student that's just not getting it. You're almost at the point of frustration. What would you do? Would you say, that's it, I'm done. I've tried all day to teach you sight words, but you're not getting it. Give me your workbook and go sit in that corner. You can come back to me once you know all your sight words and then I'll teach you again. Clearly, this is not an appropriate reaction ever and obviously isn't going to help a child learn to read. So what would you do instead? Maybe you give the child more opportunities to see these words. Maybe you play games with them or point out some of these words in passing throughout the day. This is exactly what we need to start doing with SEL. For too long, when a child doesn't understand our expectation, doesn't remember what to do, or does something we don't agree with, we punish. Hopefully not to an isolated corner like in my example, but sitting alone at a table or having to miss recess is really the same thing. And it doesn't do anything to change the behavior. So my challenge to you now is to look at misbehavior as a call for help. Your student isn't doing that because they're bad. They're doing it because they don't know what else to do. That's where we look at this as a teaching moment. For example, for children having trouble keeping their hands to themselves, Maybe we tell ourselves that this is a chance to work on it with the child and then seek out opportunities to teach this skill. We'll talk a lot more about the basics of SEL as we progress through these episodes, but my thought is some background would kind of help put what we're covering now in context. Because to truly be successful with SEL implementation, we need to start with ourselves we have to set the example and the tone. Otherwise, it just won't work. I've been doing this for a long time now, and I know firsthand that we have to be committed to SEL as teachers in order for it to work in our classroom. We started this process last week by talking about stress, specifically reducing our own stresses. To me, this is a natural place to start any SEL work because we have to be good with ourselves. We have to be calm. We have to be present for everything else that comes down the road. And we know that if we're stressed, our students are probably stressed too. To help us out with this topic, we have William White, an elementary SEL specialist from Frameworks of Tampa Bay with us today. Thanks for joining us, William. Thanks for having me, James. So before we start, can you tell us a little more about yourself and your role with Frameworks? Sure, sure. Um, well, I'm, a, I'm an original New Yorker, coming from you know, the state of New York. Um, I went into the military. I'm an Air Force veteran <clears throat> at the high school. And um, after traveling across the world and different, different um, duty stations, I re- relocated to Florida. That's where we are now. Um, I'm a husband and a father, and I'm the elder child of five, five brothers and sisters. 
And um, that's a little bit about me, but um, as far as my role here with Frameworks, I am, a, like you said, a social emotional learning program specialist. And ultimately I work with uh, the elementary team and our job is to be able to work with educators and educators alike to um, teach them a little bit about social emotional learning and ultimately help them integrate that into their classrooms and into, the, into their schools and then the, the, the long-term visions to help them integrate that into their communities. Okay, awesome. Um, so let's dive into the first question because sure. today's episode is all about stress. We talked last week about stress for a teacher, um, but what about students? Because we know teachers, we're going to be stressed. That's part of it. But do you think the students coming into our classrooms are stressed as well? Well, I think I should let me go back because I definitely should have probably mentioned that from the beginning that I, I am also a teacher. OK, I'm Florida certified. I've been in the classroom, work with um, elementary students, um, you know, work with actually students of all ages. I've taught at the college level. I'm a basketball coach. So I have a lot of experience working with students of all ages. And when you talk about um, stress, do I do I feel that the students come with to our classroom with stresses? Absolutely. Um yeah, for sure. They're already coming with stress before before we even talk about opening your page to page number nine. Yeah. <laughs> so so you've seen it. I've seen it as a teacher. Um, so do you think that stress when our kids come in, do you think it's a problem every teacher faces? Or do you think like kids are only stressed in like urban schools or high need schools? That's a great question. I, I personally think that stress is a um, well, I define stress as a function of, of demands placed on people and, and their ability to meet them. Um, uh, but when I, when, I, when I talk about kids and do they have stress, I know it's, a, it's something that's universal. Um, and when I think about, you know, um, the, you know, the cause of those things, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't blame it on the teacher or not necessarily only on the environment, but it's just some regular things. You know, when they're young and they first are, are separated from their parents going to school, that causes some anxiety. So those young kids, have uh, they have some stressors. As we get older in school, our academic and the social pressures, they cause stress. Um, not to mention trying to fit in is a stressor for kids. Uh, kids that are a part of a lot, a lot of activities. So, you know, yeah, some some kids those, uh, have uh, overscheduling of uh, extracurricular activities. That's, that's caused stress. That has nothing to do with the teacher, you know. Um, so there are a lot of things that are causing kids stress that are going on internally with them. And we're not even talking about the things that are outside of them, you know. Like, for an example, um, I think about um, kids, you know, that overhear their parents talking about household issues, you know, the bills or um, even relationship issues, those type of The kids hear those things and they, and they, they internalize them and they cause them stress. Um, it could be um, relatives' illnesses or, or, or just even the news these days, you know, for a, a child of all ages left unchecked will cause stress, you know, just looking at the news. I mean, it's just countless things that could happen to a child or a student that us as adults might not even think is a big deal. You know, you ever see a, a five-year-old, six-year-old not get picked for a game, you know, at, at recess, this kid's whole day is, is, is disrupted. So that child is stresses. So um, there's just a bunch of stresses that are out there for these children, no matter where they are. And then let's, let's talk about, let's keep it 100% honest. And I think educators, we need to look at it from this lens. Childhood itself, the experience, is not glamorous. You know, it is full of stresses. It's, it's, it's probably, at times, it could be terrifying. You know, you're going through a, a, a life where everything is basically unknown to you. You're learning it for the first time. It, and, you know, the fear of the unknown brings a lot of fears. You know, it's all kind of physical and emotional changes happening with these. This just the natural phases of childhood itself are um, could be stressors. So, 
Absolutely. I believe that kids that as they come into my classroom are going to already have some stress. Yeah, that was very well put. So we know kids are going to come in and with a lot of stress. And, you know, sometimes I think that as teachers, as adults, we don't deal with stress as well as we could. But these kids coming into us, especially in elementary school, even older, don't know how to cope with the stress. So right. they may be stressed, but are they always going to tell you? No, and that's, that's, a, and that's the real point, you know. I think they do tell us, but do we understand the language in which they're telling it to us, you know? Um, because the stress, um, the, the way they tell us a lot of times is in um, some outward, uh, sometimes it comes off as misbehavior, you know? So you may see a little rage or screaming or kicking or, you know, not doing what, you're, what they're told. And that is a reaction to some of those stresses that we tried to outline earlier. Um, and then not, let's not even overlook, a lot, which is a lot of times overlooked, how people inwardly react to stress where they retreat and they isolate and they're silent. You know, a lot of times those kids never get, their stresses never get dealt with because at least they're quiet and I can still teach the lesson. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're, they're definitely telling it to us, but are we listening and are we responding appropriately? You know, what you just said, it brings up a really good point. There's a story I have of a teacher when you talked about the, the kid who's not causing a problem. Maybe it's inward. They're not doing anything really. But for us as a teacher, it's a break, right? When they're not That's doing right. anything, they're <laughs> causing trouble. It's, um, it's pretty good. And I had a teacher that I was working with. And I went into her classroom and I noticed everyone was playing and having fun. And there was one kid on the side, just sitting there. And I'm like, hey, what's going on with this uh-huh. kid? And she said, well, he just likes to sit there mm. and he's not causing any trouble or anything. And quite frankly, mm. I forgot about him. Mm. But in reality, this kid was working through a lot of stuff. He right. had a lot of stuff going at, on at home yeah. and his family. And sometimes we all need space, right? I think it's great in some ways, like the kid needs a moment. But when you're sat there all day alone, that doesn't help us deal with stress. So we need to notice it on all kids, whether it's the kid that throws the chair out the window or the kid that sits there quietly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. It's all to me a uh, it's all language. You know, it's all uh, communication. It's a cry for help in some 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 shape, form or fashion. And it's just about us being aware and, you know, in, in tune with our students. That's awesome. So we know this stress is here. What? can we do? Like, what can I do tomorrow to start working on this? Because I'm not going to cure it or fix it, right. but I can start working on it. Well, you know, like, like I was saying earlier about childhood, you know, just being um, just crazy in itself. You know, you got all these changes and all these different things. And what ends up happening for, for um, kids that are dealing with stress well is you have a caregiver or a person in your life that is able to sort of, in a sense, you know, quote unquote, wrap their arms around you, make you feel safe, help you make sense of the world and as, as things are happening, right? Well, well we, can, we can do that too as educators. There's some things that we can do right away to help reduce kids' stresses. And I mean, I'm talking about just as simple as greeting them when they walk through the door. Is something that we could do tomorrow that could help reduce stress, you know, um, creating a warm environment, you know, um, a welcoming and a safe environment. Uh, I am a big advocate of having regular morning meetings, you know, within those morning meetings, in my experience as a teacher, I was able to uncover all different types of things before they became a bigger problem. Um, so morning meetings, I think is a great way to do that. Um, another thing you could do is as a teacher is you could take a genuine interest 
in your students and really learn things about them and also be prepared to let them learn things about you, you know, because those are things that are will open up the gates, will um, bring a closeness and a connective, a connective, connectiveness to you and each student. And then when stressful situations come, they'll be you'll be much more easily approachable. Um, so those are some things. And I'm also really, um, really big on being um as an educator, to be purposeful and intentional of creating an inclusive environment, an inclusive classroom, because um, you know that's I think that's a big source of our student stresses. You know, am I going to be accepted? Yeah, yeah, that's great because I have you know done a lot of SEL work with teachers all over the country, and sometimes in some schools and some locations when I bring up the word inclusive, inclusivity. There's a lot of, well, that's touchy and feeling and kumbaya, but here's what I say, and you actually just said it, but we need every single kid to feel like they are a part of our team, that we're a family. Part of it, like you also said, comes from safety. So did you know that a child's number one need is to be safe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know that as a fact, but as you say it, the light bulbs just go off and that just makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, and that's what we provide safety. And that was always my goal as a teacher, no matter who you are, where you come from in my classroom, you're safe. You're part of our school community, our classroom community. And the truth is that kids that feel safe, there are no behavior issues. There's no huge emotional hurdles to go over. There's no desks going out the window. Um, Again, it does take a while. I don't want to uh, make anyone think that, oh, I can just start greeting my kids every day tomorrow and then all my right. behavior problems go away. <laughs> it takes a very long time and you have to be extremely, extremely consistent with everything you do. But these little steps help. Even other little fun things. Like, do you like music? I sure do. Yeah. I sure do. And kids do too, you know. So, like, I know, like, to incorporate something like that into your classroom, um, soothing music, all different types of music are, are, are things that your brain will respond to in a sense. If it doesn't work for adults, well, it, it will work for kids too. And you made me also think about something that I, I wanted to say about something that we could do to reduce kids' stress. And that is to have predictable routines, you know, because it takes away that unknown. Kids knowing what's coming next, what they're going to do next is a big stress reducer. And that's something that, as educators, we should be able to, to, to give them every day. Yeah. And you know what I think a lot of our kids um, are ready for and can handle is if we share, and again, I don't want, I want to make sure we don't become oversharers, but if we share that I'm stressed today. So Mr. Lucas is stressed because the interstate was backed up and he was late for work and yes. didn't get his coffee and I feel stressed. Yes. Sharing that even taking a deep breath together is important. Now we run the risk of oversharing, which we don't want to do, right? Because we still have to maintain that relationship between student Agreed. and teacher. But if I can share how I feel, I feel stressed and it looks like this. Then we're giving kids the words so they can come in and say, I feel stressed because I slept in and now I'm late for school. Definitely. I could not agree more. And it's just a, and it is, listen, it's not, that is uncomfortable for some teachers. And I absolutely get that. But I would challenge everybody to, anybody listening to feels like that's something they can't do. I would challenge you to, um, to, um, to, 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 to be a little vulnerable, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's an investment and you will see huge returns because when kids see you, um, speaking the truth, being a person, a human, being genuine, right. And not just, not, not, and, and all that is good, but the really thing that you're showing them is that 
these feelings are not bad or good. You know, these feelings are comfortable and uncomfortable. But when I have an uncomfortable moment, I don't shy away from it. I don't, um, you know, go into a fit of rage. You know, this is how Mr. White handles it or Mr. Lucas handles, handles it. And if we are and we have created the, the right type of relationship with our students, well, they're going to look at us as a type of person they want to follow. You know, and so when I'm being vulnerable and I'm being transparent and I'm speaking um, uh, out loud and I'm telling them my thoughts and I'm telling them how I um, self-manage, I'm doing way more than just teaching them a lesson. You know, it's something that they, these, they're going to, those are the type of lessons that they that stay with them for a long, long time. And that's, that's exactly what we need to do. And if you're able to do that, like you said, you don't want to overshare, but if you're able to do that periodically, you'll, you'll, you will see that your students will mirror that. You'll hear them saying the same language that you said Two months ago, when you were talking about being stressed from traffic, and then it's, all of a sudden you see your kids saying the same language, and now you're getting all of that time back on the back end because you're not having to deal with a kid kicking over a chair or something of that nature. Yeah, that's awesome. That's well put. And then one last thing I'll add on top of that, and I've heard this and it stuck with me, but relationships govern behavior. Talk about it. Relationships yeah. govern behavior. So we build the relationships now. We give kids the vocabulary they need to share how they feel. It's going to come back 10, 20, 30 Hands down. fold. Hands down. So thank you so much, William, oh, for joining for us. Me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that your listening audience is able to take something from, from this. I've been listening to your show since it started, so I'm really excited to be here, and I really appreciate you um, allowing me to speak today. Yeah. That's awesome. As you can tell, William's been listening since we started, which was last <laughs> week, but he's our first and, and number one listener. And you all are all our number one listeners too, but we need to wrap things up. Join us next time when we're going to talk about maintaining composure. This is the natural next step to what we just discussed. Be sure to follow SC Elementary on Twitter at FW underscore SC Elementary. Also, to learn more about this topic and all things SEL, visit Frameworks of Tampa Bay at myframeworks.org. I hope your week is full of kindness and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.